You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. All right, guys, welcome to Lowell's. Uh, Ricky D knows the RBX 88 rule, which is you're not allowed to come on the show unless you've won a Millie Maker. Ricky D, of course, qualifies. Hey, uh, I, won I, I won last night, too. You won a Millie Maker oh, last night? Oh, yeah. A little different. Yeah, only 11 grand, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. this, is like, this is like a Davis Maddock winning the Millie Maker where you yeah. chopped it yeah. with 400 people? Yeah. 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 He chopped it with me, and so... Wait, you yeah, won the Millie Maker too, Brian. Everyone did. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations. I can't believe monster. It had like, who was it, Brent Forbes? There was, I was surprised it was that chopped up. Yeah, 7% owned. That's a big field for NBA yeah. showdown. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ricky, I had tried to get you on some of my GPP shows. I think I tried back-to-back -back years, and then I was ready to throw in the towel, I think. I don't think I was going to come back to the well. I couldn't stomach that rejection. And then, lo and behold, you say you want to come on Lulz. Yeah, you know, you know, maybe you finally broke me. You just, you're so, so like, your content is so overwhelming on the internet that, like, <laughs> I can't avoid you. And so I just got, like, entranced by everything you do, and I think I just finally came around to the idea. That's what I'm doing. It's just the hypnotism. That's how I got Shane Battier coming on the stream tomorrow. It's just he, you're just, you're just unrelenting. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, yeah, we're, we're stoked to talk to you. I imagine, I didn't even know you were a Lowell's viewer because you hadn't really interacted with us a ton, but it sounds like you've been watching uh, a decent well, amount of shows. Yeah, a few times. I, you know, I have a bias against pretty much every tout and um, especially Brian here has been a, rival of mine for years you know you just kind of hate every one of your rivals too so but then i watched this one you guys had on with the whistles and i've been intrigued by that guy for a while just because he's just coming out of nowhere and starts destroying the games and i hate him so i started to listen to it and i thought it was a hilarious show just because <laughs> 
just the, I don't know. I don't want to say too much about that show, but I just found you guys pretty funny in the way Brian was sort of attacking him. I was like, okay, I, I kind of respect the way that you guys are running this rather than just like a kind of standard, uh, you know, play by, you know, pay, pay by numbers stuff. So, and then I just started kind of catching you guys every now and then. And I was like, all right, these guys aren't so bad. So I'm here now. I, I will say, I mean, that's, not necessarily how I would have scripted the interview or wanted it to go when we invite someone on the show, but it has now become a cult classic, I would say. Oh, good. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I don't know, yeah. if, I don't know if I would call myself a tout exactly. No, but, I don't. Uh, yeah, ex exactly. But you're a rival, so they, I kind of just hate all of you. Did you play Did you play poker back in the day? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I started – I'm kind of an old-school boomer type. I played poker in the early 2000s. Um, sort of, you know, been living the interior indoor grind life for gambling life for like, I don't know, 15 years. Um, I wasn't like hugely successful in poker. Um, I kind of transitioned actually, it's kind of funny, like, oh shit, Domingo Germans cash. Um, um, yeah, I, I transitioned to DFS literally like the day of Black Friday from poker, like. I had been in contact with the guys who now run, uh, established the run, who came from the poker world as well. And we started like a competing DFS site with like, this is before DraftKings existed. But so we all just kind of transitioned out of poker around Black Friday and then was doing this website. It was called Draft Day. And um, then that kind of, we sold that and then we just kind of became players. And that's the rest is history. And I can't, so you are, I mean, I won't dox you, but it does seem like, is that like a backpack behind you? Are you ready to like go on the lamb if this interview just uh, goes yeah. south here? Yeah, what's it called? A uh, bug bug out bag? Just in case, <laughs> you know, there's, there's like a nuclear threat or something. Yeah, you gotta, you, when you come on lulls, anything anything could happen. Uh, I don't know what that is. It's a, it's a cover of some sort. So I, I know I've seen tweets from you in the past that you, you retired from NBA DFS, correct? Yep, that's right. I was, it's actually kind of bittersweet because like, I really liked NBA DFS. There's a lot of like nuance with the projections. You can really, you know, beat people who are just using like, you know, basketball monster or whatever, you know, I guess that doesn't even exist anymore. But I just found like the amount of work it ended up being for the results where it was just coming way too much and you just never get a break during the year. So I just kind of hung my, uh, hung my uh, whatever up for that, for that, but I do miss it. Yeah, you, you put your optimizer in the rafters and, and you yeah, stare at it uh, yeah. uh, on the slates. So what is, uh, because I'm I'm a DFS poser uh, now, I haven't been playing hardly anything except NFL. What what are you, uh, it sounds like you're playing MLB tonight, right? Yep. Um, uh, yeah, I play MLB every day. Um, I love MLB. It's very, it's like the purest DFS sport out there. Not much nuance, but um, it's a fun little ownership game. And then uh, I kind of dabble in golf just because it's, you know, a good gamble, but I've never won anything in it. And, uh, yeah, bad, football is obviously the number one, but I don't really dabble in too much else. I kind of try to keep my mental health as, like, stable as possible these days. I'm trying to do less gambling and stuff like that. So, yeah, How, that's what's going on. So, and, yeah, and you've uh... – You've notoriously been, and you've already admitted, very, very anti-tout. Is the tout stuff, is that B still in your bonnet? Has it simmered down a little bit? Are you more zen now? What's going on? Yeah, I, I'm definitely getting on the more zen side. I mean, a lot of, like, I've had, like, 
a big kind of semi-transformation the past few years. Like the gambling stuff, I kind of feel like was driving me insane. And I was a lot of the times taking it, I just hated totes um, because they, I don't know, just the, there's a lot to hate about them, but I really didn't see sort of the benefit that they were bringing to the, to the uh, industry. And also most of them aren't very good anyways, and they're giving bad advice. So I don't really care about what they do. Um, in that regard, the only one I really dislike strongly still is Osimo because I'm not sure why he's doing what he's doing, kind of <laughs> destroying the games and just selling all his projections. But um, other than that, I think most touts I kind of look at as like a kind of dumb buddy from high school that you kind of like, you know, you, I, I can kind of get get along with now. But isn't that your two reasons for disliking him are isn't that having it both ways? Because it's either yeah, they're yeah. bad touts and they're making. Right players that you can profit off of or their touts like Osmo who are making the pool much sharper. Right. So I'm now shifted my hate just to directly to Osmo. <laughs> and, um, and the rest of the touts I'm actually quite happy with because they're pretty bad and I don't, I don't have anything to fear in terms of them ruining the game or anything like that. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's where I stand right now. And I, I kind of, am, I'm kind of buried the hatchet internally about my uh, anti tout stance. So uh, really quick here, Jermaine was scratched, but in this Houston-Oakland game that's starting in two minutes, you can't switch to them anyways because of the salary difference. So we can worry about it after the show. Um, did you see any of our our shows where we talk about touts and like how me and Pete kind of feel about it? We basically feel not, the same way. Yeah, okay. Cool. Like in the terms of like they're not too threatening, but you're not like in love with them? Well, I meant Pete and I feel kind of the same way. No, like, yeah, we don't we – don't, we don't really care at all. Like if, yeah. if you want to listen to somebody like and with a right. few exceptions, maybe if they're like causing, you know, committing actual fraud, like, yes. you know, uh, I don't know, Vegas, yeah. Dave, let's say or, hitting on yeah. underage women, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. 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 I yeah. definitely had a moral objection to a lot of the like aggressive, like what was that site called with uh, Tommy G and, El Jefe, Guru, when, Guru Elite. Guru, yeah, like when they were around and they were just pushing screenshots in your face, and I just knew they were terrible. I was a, that was when I really started to get against them. But again, they were giving bad advice, so why should I really care? I just I had some sort of moral internal struggle with what they were doing. Um, but now that sort of has died down. I feel like that type of thing can't really survive when you're actually giving truly terrible advice and just begging for like screenshots and stuff. So. Um, I think we're in a nice little optimal happy medium outside of Osimo. There's a lot of new sites popping up too, which is kind of surprising to me. But really, really quick, I want to circle back to uh, poker. With yeah. um, the way you feel about other DFS players is how I used to feel about the other poker players. Like that yeah. was that was my living, and I hated those motherfuckers. I know <laughs> I hated those, those guys that would just check raise you. Like you'd be like, you got nothing, and all this. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm I'm just trying to think of some poly polyballer. Do you remember him? He was. Uh, oh yeah, was he playing Einstein's uh, nephew or whatever? And yeah, he was one hundred percent of the time. It's like fuck you, polyball. I yeah. just raised every fucking time. What was the one guy? Greggy was always the one who killed me. He ended up winning the World Series. I can't remember his name. Oh, that would hurt. Yeah, oh, that would hurt. Yeah, eventually when guys started like getting on TV and stuff, yeah. I'd be like, like I remember my brother's ex girlfriend was like, "Oh, he's cute." I'm like, "No, he's not. He's not <laughs> fucking cute." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like chill yeah. out. Yeah, I think that's why ultimately I was a terrible poker player. I had like very little emotional control, especially back then, and like. I mean, I was decent, but I would just get my B game and C game was just terrible. But with DFS, there's so much less of that, like, in your face, like, 
emotional requirement that I think that people like me are much more suited towards it. Me too. Uh, I was the same way. I don't, um, but I don't care that much. Uh, the whistle goes woo is kind of pissing me off. Clearly, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> We've been doing this a long time, but um, yeah. but yeah. yeah, not nearly like it was with with poker and with Alex. Like I, I I like I like Alex. Obviously, we have him on the show and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I really do wish he would give away shitty information. <laughs> I know. I've actually I've met him a bunch. Of, we were like somewhat a colleague, I suppose. We've had a little bit of a rift here and there, but. Um, We've talked a lot at live finals, and he's obviously a really nice guy. I don't I, – I mean, yeah, I think he just – I really do think he kind of wants to just help people, you know, get better, or, you know, like imagine that. So, you know, I can't really hate on him too much for doing that, but I kind of just wonder what is really going on there. I think if you swing a million dollars enough times, you'll be like, maybe I should start a business. Yeah, I mean, and he was so smart to, like, leverage his number one ranking. And right. I, I – I was wondering how much that played into what he was doing. Like, how long is this going to last? Like, I might as well do it. And, um, I mean, yeah, obviously the guy's, like, brilliant at DFS. So I'm not going to – I can't say too many bad things about him. And I think there are – there's, like, probably two versions of, like, the tout thing, right? Where there is the, like, I'm bad at DFS, and so I need to legitimately buoy my income with this additional, yeah. uh, you know, stream here. Or right. in the case of Alex, like – you get so bored with maybe the monotony of DFS and you're like, let me tackle a new challenge. Let me build a business, scale I mean, a business. He is the biggest enigma in the DFS world. Like I see him doing these tout shows. Like he's, it'll be like Sunday morning, which is like, you, he's probably got like 400 grand in action or something. Right. You know, and, and he, you know, for me, I'm still tweaking. I'm still like, I'm playing most, both sites, high stakes, low stakes, small entry, big field, all these different things. Oh, ownership. Oh shit. There's new weather, whatever. He's there 30 minutes before lock. Like there'll be a scratch. I've seen him just like all of a sudden his rosters are updated. I'm like, and he's still live touting the show. I'm like the guy, I have no idea how he manages this, but he's obviously got like an incredible algorithm and probably team of people like working for him. And, you know, that's probably a big, that's a big part of it. I think he is somewhat bored of DFS and he just wanted something else. There's also a nice benefit with a team that is um, incentivized through, through the business. Yeah. So like, for example, for like, when I hire people to help me, you know, I do it on like Upwork or something like that. Those guys can fuck me. Yeah. Yeah. They have no like skin in the game. They can, they have no skin. They don't know me. If, you know, I, I I can give them a bad review on Upwork. Like yeah. so what? Yeah. You know, and I mean, luckily, you know, you hire people who barely speak English and you, and they don't know who the hell I am. So, but like, know. yeah, if you have if you have a team that's, you know, maybe got a few uh, points in the business and stuff like that, it actually can benefit your DFS game, even though you're giving away a decent amount of your edge. Plus, for you're sure. looking for that hundred hundred x, you know, two hundred x payday. Yeah, uh, in the gambling world. I, I mean, I'm, I I haven't talked to Alex about this directly, but I'm I'm assuming soon as like sports betting is in the picture, it's like okay, and we can make a shit ton here. Yeah, I'm not sure how much he was like foresight there. I, I, I but I, I can't imagine a hundred x two hundred x isn't in his brain. It's a big part of it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I honestly feel like his primary goal was like. You know, he kind of liked – I kind of think he likes being, like, a, a you know, sort of in the spotlight, you know, tout, talking sports. I mean, I think a lot of touts, Natch, like, who get into what you guys are doing, they have that in them, like, generally. Like, maybe they want to make money. Maybe they want to, you know, help people out. But, like, a big part of it is sort of just being, like, a personality and, like, having some sort of clout. 
And I think given Osimo's tweets and just the way that he communicates and like, he's obviously trying to, you know, generate some sort of, you know, buzz and interest. And I think he kind of likes being that guy where, cause I know he's had other guys he worked with like DFS players who weren't that sort of face of the, um, the business. So yeah, I think there's there's a couple things going on with him. I wouldn't necessarily pin it totally on profits. Well, well obviously, a spectrum of of, of uh, reasons. You know, five percent here, ten percent there. Come on, I'm not yeah. gonna. I'm yeah, not. Yeah. A, <laughs> you know how I think. But yeah. like, I, I I I'm sure. Like, well, his first streams, he was really nervous and stuff. I'm not sure how much he wanted to be in front of the camera. Um. Uh. I mean. He, so. Like for like a lot of people try to try to. I'm assuming. Same with you. They try to hire you for their site. Like you get offers and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. one common thing I've heard through multiple places is like, why do all the professional gamblers gamblers want equity in the company and not a high salary? It's because they're all gamblers. They want that hundred X. Yeah, he's yeah. a gambler. He played poker too. Not yeah. not professionally, I don't think, but or maybe it was professionally. I don't no, really know. But, yeah. So he's and a the, gambler too. I'm sure he thinks that part of part of that is in there. For sure. For sure. Obviously, we'll, ask, we'll find out. Yeah. The thing that's funny too about like Osmo's Twitter presence is like, sure. Could he hire someone to do quote unquote marketing for Osmo? Yeah, he could. But like the brand is Osmo. Like yeah. the, the marketing is his quirky uh, yeah. personality. It is those tweets. So like he almost necessarily has to be the marketing um, arm on Twitter as well. Yeah. And that's interesting. That's sort of how the DFS, like the tout industry has sort of evolved. Like you see all these guys sort of like getting big scores, like, you know, big T El Jefe, you know, and then they start their, their, their site almost immediately after to like, you know, take as much uh, leverage out of that score. And they try to just be that personality that's driving all the, like the marketing. And it's kind of the only way that it would work because otherwise if, if you're just like sort of like a faceless, nameless grinder who, you know, with not much personality, not much winnings, like what, what kind of site would actually catch on it? Yeah, you you're having to sell this idea that there's special sauce that you yeah. have this secret that everyone else doesn't know, and if you come behind. But then I think we've also seen a new wave of this where, and we could talk about it as it relates to these NFT communities too, where people just like feeling a part of the tribe. There's like yeah. the barstool esque tribalism oh, of like. Sure. I want to have my Saturdays are for the boys flag in front of my house. I want to have yeah. my, you know, run pure avatar yeah. on the sites yeah. Like people just want that shit. Yeah. And they, they get that little retweet and that's a little out of boy from the, uh, you know, site owner. And that's all it's all about. I, I, I think there is if a little, like, like a little cognitive dissonance in some of these things, honestly, like if we could kind of take our expertise and biases out of it. Like if someone was on a cooking show on TV and then started a, uh, a, a cutlery company and mm. leverage it off of that. No one would get blink an eye. There's a lot of this stuff too. With like, if you monetize your career, like Pete's doing or something like that, people will give you shit, but it's like, but they'll sit and listen yeah. to Joe Rogan, read 10 minutes of ads before a yeah. you know, hundred minutes. You know, I, I love that. I like Joe Rogan. I'm not saying anything, but like, but if you fucking like put an ad on your, podcast or something like you fucking sell out you know what i mean i i, I feel like that like in, in such we're we're so like heavily involved and know so much about this stuff that it like you might you might you might get, give a little where you wouldn't uh other you know another taken out of context yeah i mean i think that's been a big part of my like sort of dfs personal growth journey is like recognizing that a lot of things are successful and even like 
for a long time, I couldn't even understand why people would play certain plays. Like, I couldn't get in their head. And, like, I think get, you, we get lost in our own little bubbles and, like, your little, you know, chat groups and stuff about what's optimal. And then you start thinking, like, everyone's thinking like that. And then you get all cynical about people who don't. And, like, this, when the tout world evolves that, that you don't understand, it sort of just becomes this weird, like, disconnect between your understanding and reality. And uh, I think being a good DFS player, any kind of gambler, is really coming to terms with the whole spectrum of the industry that you're in and understanding that people are different than you and uh, that it's very often very different than you and understanding those differences is the key. Yeah, and as Carl says here in the chat, DFS, lonely grind, it's fun to commiserate and celebrate with other people. I don't want to put words in your mouth, Brian, or you, Ricky D, but like I assume partly, Brian, why you wanted to do this show with me, you know, over a year ago was this same idea. Like it is probably very lonely to be at your desk yeah. All this stuff all the time, Ricky. I'm sure the reason you're on here is you want to shoot the shit and actually exactly. I was literally like, well, these guys actually. I, I kind of just like the natural flow of what you guys are doing, and yeah, it lit the worst feeling in the world is like when you're going through a downswing, and you know maybe you could complain to one guy or another like, oh my god, if this guy got a home run, I would have won, and blah blah blah. No one gives a shit. Like literally, even your no best DFS friends, they are like, they'll give you like, oh damn, but they don't understand. <laughs> Pain, you know and you're living through it day by day and you got to get through it and wake up it's the loneliest saddest existence when you're going through a gambling uh, downswing and yeah like having these sort of outlets to commiserate I, is that that guy nailed it on the head it is just that's a very good benefit you just said though right before that you were in a chat room is this is there a secret ricky d chat room <laughs> no, no you're on like, discord ricky yeah, no, just a couple guys I talk to, you know, just like shoot like ideas off of for projections or whatever. There you go. Collusion. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> um, yeah. And so what is um, uh, do you still make your full time living playing DFS? Do you have any other kind of gambling endeavors you're you're mixing in or are you are you still full time? I'm a full time Dogecoin trader now. <laughs> yeah. How's that going? <laughs> no, just kidding. But I did get into all that bullshit in the off season, and I really hate myself for it almost but um yeah no dfs is still my primary like i was i kind of alluded to earlier i mean dfs has been like very good for me and uh but i've been i've been getting away i've been trying to again come to terms with like the sort of overall mental health like existence that gambling is and like i just said about the loneliness and the sadness and all that i'm really trying to get out of that world and just have it in the background, little fun gambles here and there, not like mortgaging my future on. And then I've been doing some like real estate on the side, um, getting into just like healthy lifestyle, getting out there, walks, hikes, that type of stuff. Just trying to like reinvent myself sort of. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Brian. Um, it, it sounds like people are having a problem watching the stream. Yeah. No, not, I don't know. Mine's working, but yeah, try refreshing. It sounds like a maybe a YouTube thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It seems like it's working, so who knows? Okay. Um, oh, yeah. So re real estate. Yeah. Are you are you into this whole um, thinking about are we in a bubble? What's inflation? What's going to happen with yeah. inflation? Do you um, think yeah. about these things at all? Yeah, I'm into that world for sure. I mean, it was impossible to escape in in the um, you know the pandemic. Everyone just became you know a crypto trader. Everyone became a stock trader everyone's like trying to fight inflation and i i went down that path too i even bought a fucking dinosaur um uh 
I got into the, um, you know, the crypto as some sort of ha- hedge, but like whatever, you know, I, I, we made our little money there. And I think it's like, it was pretty crazy little ride there. We all went through, but um, yeah, I mean, I definitely, I'm, I'm very much thinking of those things in the background. Do you have a, 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 a thesis and what's going to happen? I guess. Personally, I actually think the inflation, you know, meme is a little overblown in the sense that like everyone pretty much assumed that there was going to be this massive, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and pontificate as if I'm some economist, but um, it's my job. Well, yeah. I think what we ended up seeing in terms of the real inflation that came through so far versus like what everyone expected, like 20, 30, 40% or something like that hasn't really materialized yet. And I think most people who are very, you know, unsophisticated are going at it from a very uneducated angle so i think there's probably a little bit there's not enough there's not a lot of edge chasing the the inflation game anymore yeah got uh taylor kb in the chat saying it's actually yeah. deflation season taylor and i are, are good buddies we talk about this all the time he's a big def- deflation guy if, if it wasn't for taylor since he's watching if it wasn't yeah. for taylor kb i wouldn't be here 100 percent. yeah yeah i would agree i would agree with that yeah he took us down that poker that poker. Yeah, I, uh, watched, I watched his video, one of his yeah. first videos, and it was like a free one. He was doing like promotion right when they first started, and and yeah. he was playing heads up, and he refreshed, right? Yeah. He like lost the hand, you know how you auto refresh and top no, yeah, off. Like, yeah, he yeah. had like thirty grand or something, yeah. maybe forty grand, and yeah, I was okay. like, yeah. you could make forty yeah. fucking grand. Yeah, I just remember him like raising like queen suit seven suited from the cutoff. I'd be like. Holy shit! People are crazy. Like I'm, I'm, totally, I'm like I'm like totally missing this game. And it, yeah, he definitely started to get my mind into it. He three bet without aces. Yeah, exactly. This that maniac. Yeah, yeah. What? So, so what yeah. was he was live streaming all of his poker sessions? No, he it was would, like he would record them and then commentate over them, and then he would yeah. give away some for free for promotional reasons. I believe this is a long time ago, guys. Too, yeah, so. this is like early two thousand. But yeah. Taylor will say himself, like in similar vein to Osimo, he'll say that you know he not, he might not have done that knowing the you know the eruption of training sites that he would have caused and basically led to the downfall of poker because yeah, in, in you know he obviously benefited from it, but he obvious he still has his you know gripes about how it all went down in terms of how you know kind of ruining poker <laughs> in, a, in a way right i mean but there's also like i mean it's eventually going to happen it could have been somebody else instead of him and, yeah. and 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 i mean he helped me so there's yeah. a lot of guys who made a career out of it that otherwise wouldn't have you know so like i don't know um i think that's kind of tough to gauge like exactly and we, yeah. we had that same conversation recently about the bales top shot article and i think it was the same thing like it was probably bad for top shot but it was inevitable like it was going to be someone else that that blew it up it, he just happened to expedite everything very quickly yeah what's your take i mean i i obviously i think we all found out about top shot the same day and it's like it seemed like it literally went from nothing to like 15x like within a week because of that bales article but I mean, I, I don't know what was driving what there, but that was like, that was an incredible. I was uh, thinking about that t- yesterday. Uh, I caught a little uh, top cl- uh, club top shot, and I'm like, I think it was all us. The entire fucking group, oh, <laughs> all yeah. the gamblers, drove yeah. that entire explosion. Like seriously, I, mean, I, I bet we were ninety percent of it. 
I mean, it's, I, I, I would get, I don't know if I, I'd probably take the under on that, but like really high. Like, because really I, I was exaggerating a little bit, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 50% maybe. Yeah, yeah, probably. I, I agree with it because the cardboard bros were wanting to dig their heels in. They didn't want to admit this right. was the next big thing. The NBA fans still aren't here yet. All the D the right. NFT top shot guys are just like speculators and yeah. people who like crypto. And then it was all of the DFS and sports betting gamblers who were like, right. It clicked yeah. immediately why yeah. this was like the future of digital sports cards. And then they just went so hard. That, and yeah. then like, 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 um, MBL was saying on your show, he's like, we, you know, we gotta, we gotta, uh, market to like the casual NBA pit player. Like, no, you don't. You want us. Yeah. <laughs> We're the ones with dumb money, you know yeah. what I mean? And willing to gamble and and blow this market up to get all the normal normies interested yeah. in this right. free EV and shit. And it's all about the and you can start showing your huge bank rolls just like it worked with poker and just like it worked with DFS. You need like us us like the hardcore guys to get involved first. And then it needs to blow up with some sort of black swan type event, like the moneymaker thing or yeah. whatever, it was, you know, like in Bale's article and something like that, that really catches fire once yeah. it's established among like the community. Yeah, like LeBron does something would help. Like if yeah, you were, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Ricky, do you, do you own any uh, NFTs, any top shots? Um, no, actually I, I pretty much had a, like not a moral objection, but I just thought, Things were getting so carried away with like all like I was big into crypto. I really believe in crypto. I think it's like you know, um, very fundamental need for society. Um, oh, by the way, I just, Brian, I just wanted to shout out libertarianism. That's that. Um, <laughs> They're yeah, the I'm unofficial big. sponsor of this show. Libertarianism right, yeah, in general. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Free market. Yeah. <laughs> voluntarism. How about voluntarism? <laughs> okay. Um, so like, yeah, big crypto guy. That's naturally my wheelhouse. But then when the NFT stuff started coming up, I just like. I balked a little bit because I just thought it was so stupid. And even though to my financial benefit, like, you know, loss, I don't care. I'm just, I'm never going to, and then I just see a line in the sand. I'm like, I made this mental adjustment in my head. I'm like, I can't keep chasing whatever the shiny new object of like making money is on the internet. You know, I've made some money on the internet. It's not the healthiest way to live. And I just saw the same pattern that I was doing with poker that I did with DFS and crypto. And then it was NFTs. And then it's, you know, fucking, you know, uh, what was the other thing people were getting into there uh, briefly? Anyways, but <laughs> it, DeFi. yeah, DeFi. Exactly. It was DeFi. And I'm like, I just don't need another, I call it it's like CTE, like for gambling, you know, like <laughs> eventually all this shit, it's so stressful and it's, it's not a healthy lifestyle. Nothing is going to come good of this in like 40, 50 years to our brains. And we're going to be sitting there with a pile of money and no life experiences and no fun. And like, I just, I, sh I decided to shift away from all these new free money things. I don't care if I could make, you know, five X my money on the new LeBron hollow or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> and um, I said, I'm going to just like get uh, like focus on getting healthy and get outside and figure out like a new way to live. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that was like, Last year, I had like a busy NFL season, you know, bef before the COVID era. And I took off like February through June. And like, I was so mm -hmm. refreshed. My routine was like locked in. I was reading like 10 books a month. Like it was just yeah. so great. And then this year it was like, oh, Top Shot and NFTs popped up. And I just like continued my bad habits like all yeah. through the off season. Of course. And Can I, I don't blame something? anyone who did. On the, ahead, CT, the CTE idea. So I, yeah. I just think of it as like an obsession like an obsession problem, obsessive 
and it, but it's like a double-edged sword because if you don't have that in you, yeah, opinion, I don't yeah. know. If you don't have that in you, you're not gonna you're not gonna be you're not gonna make it. Gonna make it. Yeah, because they have it. Whatever yeah. the fuck oh. it is, CT, gambling, yeah. CTE, yeah. obsession, yeah. maybe a little spectrumy. Um, yeah. And and they're smart, and they're yeah. tough, and they'll work, and they're young, and they're single. Yeah. <laughs> well, so like if you don't have this shit, like good luck. But that's yeah. what makes you guys successful too. You have that's that kind of completest obsessive mentality. It's right. the people like Osimo who are able to continue to do that at scale where you're like, how the fuck, like I can be obsessive about one or two things. How do you do it about 10 things? We're not yeah. sure he's a person, first of all. <laughs> Possible Android, rumor has it. Um, but yeah, no, I get your point. Yeah. So what yeah, things did you do, Ricky, to to find a little bit more of a, a work-life yeah. balance? Not, grew this mustache, <laughs> that was the first, first decision. Um, I just, I, I live in BC, which is like, the, it's like, you know, a like the most beautiful place in the world. It's just tons of outdoor activities. So I just basically, once like the, the weather got a little better, I just, you know, got my bike, started hiking, started walking, started listening to a lot of like, you know, off the grid podcasts, people like living like extraordinary, like strange lives. Um, just started to, I, I started to get in this idea of like, I, I started to um, talk to people like in real life, uh, which is <laughs> like, I'd be, you know, anywhere. I, um, and then just get this idea that this thing will serendipitously happen. Uh, my new path in life that isn't going to be like inside locked on my computer getting CTE anymore. Yeah. You it's, already it's have an answer. You already What's had. You already oh, had. I know. CTE, I know. I know. I, I know. We're, I'm gonna. I just want to avoid like the the worst case scenarios for CTE at this you point. Know, uh, you know, one thing too is the, the times are a little different. So, like in 2011, Black Friday, and I had to get a re eventually realized poker wasn't coming back. I was naive back then, right? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, no, they're gonna they're gonna have poker tomorrow because yeah. you know what I mean? Why wouldn't they want to yeah. make money? Right. That's logical. That's the way this stuff works. Like it told them. So I, I like for like a year I'm sitting there and then I'm still, but I still have the same monthly bills as a professional poker player, which is, yeah. a, you know, a lot you're just blowing through. So I got, when I got a real job. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's like shit. Oh, you've got a real job. A poker player. Uh, I have a degree. Yeah. <laughs> I have a little bit of more experience years ago, you know what I mean? And like people... I think it, it, like like half of them thought it was cool, half of them didn't. What that you play poker? Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and like it really depended on the person too. So like for like young guys thinking about this type of lifestyle, like you definitely have to consider that uh, shit can go wrong. Um, now it's not going to be illegal. We we have that, but it might be unbeatable. And yeah, uh, speaking of libertarianism, well, the regulation like that's that they have like it might make the competitive market so weak yeah that we just can't we just can't beat it anymore yeah i mean maybe we don't start beating us. maybe they'll start booting us yeah i mean i'm surprised they haven't honestly like yeah. when, when we when we were running our little dfs site and we saw like that there there was significant profit to be made 
um, by some guys. Like we had Condi on our site and we're like, holy shit, this guy's actually making decent money. Like, why don't we kick him off? He's doing nothing for our ecosystem. <laughs> like it's literally just, you can't, you deposited a hundred dollars and now he's cashing out 10 grand every month. We're like, okay, well this is bad. You know, so I'm, so, so I'm surprised the sites haven't really, cause poker started kind of doing that. They took away a lot of the VIP programs. They weren't right. really too friendly to the guys who were significantly big winners. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm not sure why they're so friendly to some of the big winners in DFS because the weird thing about DFS is it's so scalable and the guys who are winning, like, I, I mean, I do a lot of opponent research. Um, I watch guys like a Hawk. I watch up and comers. I watch guys who are falling off. I want to see what's going on with the trends and like the guys who are winning significant amount of money is far and few between, We're t- but it's, they're winning a lot. Right. I think everyone kind of knows this, but from a site's perspective, I just don't understand how these top players are really providing much value. Would it, would it, I haven't done that much research. Would you think, let's say it got rid of the top 0.1%, whatever that number is. Yeah. I can name like five guys. Would it just drop down? What would? Oh, like, yeah. To the next five? Yeah. Like in this week, look at the PGA uh, field this week. You know, you take all the studs out. Now, Burger is like the ultimate, right? So, like, we took all, like, so that would probably happen, but I think the threshold of, of the marginal difference between the up and comers and sort of the field will, you know, I mean, it'll eventually work its way back up, but it, it would probably help. Maybe, yeah, maybe. But I mean, I don't know. The, the Rom two weeks ago had the same has the same winning percentage essentially, in at least in my my stuff, as Burger does mm-hmm. tomorrow. So yeah, it's great. Yeah. It does kind of it does kind of work itself out like that. Yeah, yeah. It, it'll be interesting. Here, here's my here's my guess. If they do go down this road, is pay attention to Fanduel, because yeah. to me they seem like they're really going down the sports book. Oh yeah. Model. Yeah. I don't know if you guys agree with this at all. Like, I think that's part of the reason their DFS product has been so shitty the past whatever however long now. Ten years. <laughs> but yeah, it seems like I don't know. I'm getting like a real. Oh, they're they're doing these. Um, What's the Grand Slam bonus thing tonight? Yeah, I don't know if you're still well, playing on Fanduel. Yeah, yeah, they got bought by Patty Power or whatever, and they're they're just implementing a lot of the sort of weird gimmicky things that they do. I mean, I've read this. I mean, they've been neglecting their DFS product for a long time. I mean, DFS at the end of the day is not going to be the meal ticket. It was sort of just a gateway into the gambling world, I believe. You know, for a guy just looking for a sweat, and now I mean, I'm pretty bearish on the industry in general. I think that a lot of the casual guys, maybe NFL will like, I just don't see a casual guy playing like baseball every day when he could just bet on the game. Like, why not? Like building a roster is tough. And that was the same reason why I think top shot pumped so hard too, is there was a lot of guys who can't regularly beat DFS games that were like, wait, I can just buy a top shot moment and it just only goes up. This is hell of a lot easier than playing NBA DFS each night. I think this is a little bubbly again. Like, yeah, I know like my my brothers throw in a lineup every blue moon. My mom throws in a lineup. <laughs> Not everyone is as comfortable sports betting as we are. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like those numbers are scary to a lot of people. Like what does minus 175 plus three and a half mean? I have yeah. no clue what that means. And and I've been trained, I've been trained by the the media and so forth and the Puritans that you can't beat casinos. Yeah. Right. So it's like I'm scared of this 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 fantasy football thing I do on you know my my buddies play every yep. weekend you know so like yep. I I don't know I don't know like if I think you can still get a whole bunch of casuals who are scared of sports betting like the other way 
Yeah, little do they know they have way less of a chance in DFS, but okay. Well, no, uh, that's not true because you have zero chance in regulated sports books because they will ban you. They will limit okay, you. Okay, you mean like long term? I mean, most, I mean, most of these things, they're looking for a quick hit, quick win here and there. Yeah, a little yeah, I'm, don't, yeah. Don't I'm making a side point. I agree with you. Yes. It, yeah, you'd much yeah, rather think, just bet 100 bucks on the Bears game or something. I think yeah. there's also a psychological difference between both a casual DFS player and a casual sports better. The casual sports better just wants sweat equity while watching the game. A casual DFS player thinks they have like, oh, I know this guy is going to be great. Like DFS allows that casual player to feel smart before the scores are ultimately tabulated because then they get crushed. But in the moment, they feel like, oh, I know something that my opponents don't. So I feel like the motivations are a little different. Yeah, you may be right. The target market might be slightly different. There's probably some crossover. I mean, this was a big like, discussion when we were like, the, the industry was up and coming and we're like, is this going to be like when draft, like we didn't really ever think draft, like DFS was going to be as ubiquitous as it became like DraftKings and us, we started as like the same and DraftKings was offering like $5,000 prize pool guaranteed. Right. And it was, that was sort of the industry standard. And I remember when it became like a hundred K we're like, holy shit, like where's this going? And then DraftKings just got all this investment money and made these milli makers and really created something, which is impressive. Um, but I'm just, I'm just amazed that they got casual people to actually devote time to creating rosters and doing all this research. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a really tough thing for a casual guy. And then, but maybe you're right. Maybe there's just enough of those guys out there who are like, oh, fantasy football is cool. They start clicking buttons and they're like, yeah, I got a roster now, you know, maybe that's just how it ended up going. And don't you think too, some of, because there's been this thing like for a while now, it's almost a meme like, oh, when sports betting gets here, like all the content's going to go to sports betting. And I don't, are the content providers and the touts just stubborn or do they just love fantasy football? Because still like, there's no good sports betting content out there. Like there is actually decent DFS content out there. It's like, the DFS guys don't want to make sports betting content. It's not fun to make. Yeah, it's not interesting. There's no like... It's just like, oh, you could you guess a coin flip, right? Great. Like that's so that's not very like engaging. You know what I mean? Like there, there, you, there's probably ways to do it. I mean, I'm not a big sports better, but the DFS world is, is just so much more dynamic and interesting. Yeah. That yeah. maybe, maybe they just it'll never go. Yeah, and like what I mean, what can you you have to like in sports betting, you have to teach them the fish. You know what I mean? Really, that's like the only good stuff, and they do not want to give that away. Like if, I, if no. you ever try to beat sports betting, especially back in the day, man, it's hard hard to get any tips uh, yeah. from the sports betting community. I kind of have this this chip on my shoulder that I've been thinking about with the sports betting community lately of like how they go hard at touts and stuff like that, and this and like um, uh, the, just like the whole way they look at it. We did a show was it last week or two weeks ago where we talked about Spanky's tweet about you know it's okay for them to limit you on props and stuff like that and mm-hmm. like the whole thing to me like sports betting the more i think about it it's just fucking lame like like oh, i don't want to play this cat and mouse game like i don't want to yeah. make 10 accounts and then you know one of them gets caught and they confiscate the money i know they, I, I, what's yeah, that like, guy what's that rupert's Body guy who like he has a podcast he's talking about this the most exhausting like line, you know, shit ever. Like, I, yeah, the edge should not just be line shopping and getting mules to make your bets. Like, what kind of life is that? You know, and I totally agree with that. Yeah, and it's and then and then they'll shit on people selling picks, and it's like, like okay, yeah, I get it, fine. I hate touts too, whatever. I don't care. Like, I I think you should be able to spend your money however you want. But like, um, like, what do you expect someone to do? Like, okay, like I I mean, 
we can I can fucking sell picks. You know what I mean? I don't, but well, like I, I I could figure it out and sell picks, and that would be better than me having to do this whole cat and mouse game and getting yeah. limited and be like, hey mom, I need your social security number to make an account on <laughs> Bet Rivers. You know what I mean? Like what the fuck? If she's already making DFS lineups, it might not be that hard of an ask, <laughs> right? But like I ultimately for me, it comes down to like I'm I'm watching I I listening to all those guys like Spanky and Rufus and everything. I'm like, is this really like what? I, I mean, I have this sort of this is sort of a, an anti gambling stance, but like, why? Are, first of all, they these guys feel so entitled to them like making a living off the casino or these sports bets, right? And it's like, and they have to go through all these hoops and everything, and it's just like, it's like, how much resistance do you need where this isn't going to be worth it? And I just feel like a lot of these guys get like lost in this romantic idea that you know i'm working for myself and you know i'm i'm you know making all this money or whatever and like they just it gets worse and worse and worse as the cotton mouse games increase and you know and and the edge gets smaller and it's just but then they just they're like frog in a boiling pot of water and it's just like i don't know i just look at that I'm, i just have such disdain for that lifestyle at this point i'm just like you got to get out and we got to do something a bit better with this life it's funny you say that too, because that's like the whole, like you said, it's romanticized of doing this, like you sports betting, gambling for a living. And yet a lot of the things you said, running around town, having the mules, that's very, uh, you know, equal to like getting sucked into like the grind at a corporate job and you're doing all the stuff you don't like, but because it has like this cool title, it somehow seems better, but it's like, no, you're doing the same fucking grunt yeah. demeaning manual labor as you would be in an office. Yeah. It's it. And it, it's not like, the edge it's not like a lot of these guys the edge just becomes that right it just becomes optimizing that procedure like i read about these guys who literally they'd make they'd be betting that in vegas like their only job was to just line shop and they'd get like 0.5 equity like whatever of lines here and there i don't even not a sports bender but like they didn't even care about the outcomes of the game they didn't care about knowing like giving their own like takes on what was going to happen. Their entire existence was based off line shopping and finding these arbitrage spots. And it's just like, I just don't know how proud of you are of, of living that lifestyle. Right. Like what, where's the, like, where's, where's you in that? You know what I mean? It's just, you're just skimming off of some, you know, thing that you can just like, it just doesn't think, seem really rewarding. Crypto is even worse because crypto, <laughs> it's like, I got in early. Yeah. Congratulations. Like yeah. what the fuck you invite, you gambled on something. You had nothing to do with this NFT. You had nothing yeah. to do with it. You got in early well, and people are was, fucking uh, proud of you for some reason. But I was actually, here's one, here's one reason. Like I, I totally agree with you. Right. You know, just the idea of like, come on guys, let's, we have to do something else. Like it can't just be all inside gambling and stuff like that. I'm totally on the train. It's hard for me too, because of poker, because I'm still like, you know, scared that it all go away. Oh, I know. Again, or yeah, I know. Yeah, get a yeah, real job. We have post-traumatic stress syndrome in <laughs> our head. PTSD. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm now you guys have CPE been for how many years? <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say, Pete? Uh, you get, now you, you have CTE to go along with the PTSD. Just to <laughs> imagine. use these terms. So <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. It's just a colloquial term that me and my buddies have come up with is like, it's not even a joke. Like, we actually feel like we've lost many, many brain cells and memories because of this. So... I, I think there's something to it, but oh yeah, 
Um, it, well, and that's the whole irony, right? They always say, you know, money buys freedom. You're you're looking to this lifestyle for freedom, but it's actually the thing that just tethers you to your desk nonstop. Well, and and actually, go go get a real job for a couple for for six nope. months. You know, like a well, shitty one where your boss yeah. is a fucking asshole, but you can't leave because you have a mortgage and a kid or something. Like, and then you'll be like, you know what? Maybe being tethered to my chair isn't uh, gambling for a living. Isn't that bad? Yeah, I know it, it really is. I know there there isn't a great way to make money in this world. Like nothing comes for free. Right? <laughs> like I actually was embarrassed about how much mo- like money I like because I did get in early in some of these cryptos, and I was just like, I, I was like, I was waking up Sunday, I was like, I'm gonna end up making more money in these bullshit cryptos that I did in like the things I actually like had passion for. You know, it's like, what kind of? It is a weird thing when that happens. Yeah, but the, I mean, that's all subject. There's less objectivity there. Like, you could put a ton of work into digging a hole, or a ton of work into yeah. making a painting, and yeah. you probably make more money digging that fucking hole. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it, or maybe the painting will take. Dude, off. it is. I was thinking about this very specifically to some of the things I've been doing. So I have the 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 man's character NFT, which like all that work is done. Like when I sell that, it's so easy. I just ship it off. And then I've been doing these randomizer merch boxes where I put together all these different things. I set up a store. I'm doing my margin is literally like six dollars on these boxes, and I'm putting yeah. so much time into it to make these work and it's seriously just someone buying the random nft which the the like roi is just literally like 10 times is good even more than that but it goes back to that thing it's like you can't i don't know it's it's not how life works where the rewards don't always match the sweat equity that goes into it oh for sure it doesn't but i I mean can i do a little rant here yeah Yeah, a little rant here just really quick for the commies out there So money, money, money. We're, you know what I mean? Okay, we're talking kind of about money here. Money is the root of all evil is one of the dumbest fucking commie bullshit propaganda statements. Okay? Mm-hmm. Money is a means for exchange. That's it. It's like saying, okay, we'll get rid of money. And you and, and Ricky has a bunch of lumber and I have a bunch of chicken eggs. And we want to exchange them. And then one day he doesn't want to. Right. And so I have to go to Pete and then give him chicken eggs and get his whatever product he has. It's just it's just the representation of the amount of uh, um, you know work and effort and time you've put in. And it's just a medium exchange. OK, yeah. so like <laughs> there's nothing wrong with wanting a, a lot of, uh, you know, of, of lumber for your your lumber company. Right. There's nothing wrong with a lot of money for your DFS bankroll. Uh, <laughs> right. It, there, there's no, there's, there's really no difference. Now there might be some difference for getting money for a side of whether this is like a productive way to spend your life. Are we contributing to society at all and things like that, that I'm fine with, but like this, this whole, Oh my God, money, we bring money involved it automatically check mark. Then it's evil. It's like, no, 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 no. Fuck you guys. Yeah. Like money of exchange. Yeah, no money. I'll take it a step further and say that money is often a signal that something is actually productive to, for society. You know, things don't occur. Money is an exchange unless a productive, you know, outcome is achieved. That's you know, that's sort of the fundamental theorem behind paying for something. Right? Both people benefit. Um, so, I mean, I think it's just more or less money isn't evil, but just like people, more or less are. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, I'm more in the rational self-interest boat. Yeah, for sure. The butcher doesn't put uh, food on your table because he likes you. Yeah, exactly. And that's how most people act throughout society. 
and your own I, rational self-interest, and, and we also, all benefit. I was, um, I, and I, when I say things like, um, you know, like this, like sort of money chasing lifestyle of gambling is like, you know, you know, unproductive. I don't think I, like the money chasing aspect part is the unproductive part. I think just like the time spent in front of the computer and like not necessarily learning too much. Like Pete, you said like something about your NFTs and the little box thing you're doing. Like I actually kind of like dig that type of stuff because first of all, you're exposing yourself to a whole new realm of, of possibilities of what this is and what people like. And just like, you now you're involving yourself in a supply chain and, and you're going to get experiences that like, are going to give you some new perspective, right? And it doesn't even necessarily matter how much money you're making. Uh, it's it's mostly just about that new idea entering your mind, getting exposure to different things, and and just and running with that. It a hundred percent like both of those things. Like you know, the learning about how to do that. I've learned so much with all this. Like getting, I have my first time having a Shopify store and learning how yeah. to do the labels and the fulfillment, understanding how all this stuff works. And I'm like, I'll probably end up losing money on this first one, but I will learn so much that it will be a, a probably a profitable experience in the long term. Yeah, that's a great perspective. That's why I'm here today. It's like. Obviously, I'm not making money from this, and that's not something I even plan on leveraging in any meaningful way. But just talking to you guys, just live, you know, just doing something different for the day, I just thought was meaningful enough where I could, you know, benefit it from somehow intangibly in the long run. Would yeah. you would you upload your consciousness to like a computer that would give you the exact some sensations you're looking for? Isn't that what we already did into this life? And maybe we already are there. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I definitely would. I mean, I, I don't see any reason. Like, there's there's certain people who have this like angle, like oh, I never want to live forever or yeah. something like that. I'm like, I'm not sure if if nothing's deteriorating and nothing's getting worse. What's what? Why do you want to kill yourself? You know, why would you want it to arbitrarily end? Yeah. Well, yeah. well, Brian, I remember because, you know, Ricky's been talking about finding more of that balance, getting getting outdoors, uh, unplugging from the matrix. I was teasing you about not going on vacations. What is like in your head with this stuff? Is it like you just genuinely don't like those things or are you worried to lose a step on the competition on that that thing in the back of your head? This could all go away and I don't want to lose a step. It's a com combination of CTE and that uh, PTSD, <laughs> and I don't want to lose a step. And yeah, yeah, and I'm like shit, FOMO a little bit. It's yeah. a lot of all, all the things you'd think, honestly. Um, yeah, it's hard for me to not play. I would. I'll second that thing about not losing a step, and it's the exact same reason when poker went away. And actually, I treated poker much more cavalier than I did with DFS. I was just pretty much assuming that the edge. I didn't. You know, I didn't, I hadn't gone through that period of like boom and then bust and then the edge disappears and then like it gets way harder. Like I'd never done that before. So I just always assumed that poker would be like this thing that was really easy and beatable. But with DFS, because that happened with poker, it with me and, you know, it got a lot harder and I lost money and then it disappeared. With DFS, I'm exactly like Brian in that way where it's like I've been like kicking my own ass every day, like studying my opponents, making sure that, you know, every day my rosters make sense, like getting into the nitty gritty of my algorithms and my spreadsheets and just making sure there's no fucking spelling mistakes and anything that like shows up in my roster that I'm like, why? I wouldn't build a roster like that if I, you know, and like all these types of things I'm constantly refining 
because of that exact reason. And it's like a trap in a way because you really can't compete, especially at a high level, without that devotion. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the the paradox of wanting to be the best at anything, like the sacrifices you have to make to get there. And sometimes those sacrifices have, you know, less, you know, mental health, uh, you know, implications than others. Yeah, I'd really like to talk to someone who's like, I haven't seen a lot of success stories in the gambling world in terms of like guys who went hard with the grind. And like, Osmo is a great example of someone, I don't even, I, again, cyborg, Android, whatever. But he seems like the one guy that's sort of fading all this sort of all these problems because a lot of the guys who've been in Osmo's position, Condia, Sahil Sud, um, you know, there's a, the list goes on. They're gone. They've gone to like they've moved to the Mojave Desert and like lost their mind a little bit. And um, and I don't really know how he has avoided that. But like, it doesn't seem to be a lot of people who are able to get to the highest level and then you know, walk off into the sunset or just maintain it without driving themselves insane. I always picture, I always think of those guys as like the 2001, 2002 poker players on ESPN. Oh, for sure. You know, how yeah. they were good. And it's like, wait, whatever happened to that guy? Probably nothing great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think they, they retired with a lot more money than a lot of those poker players. I think almost all of them went broke. Yeah, because like those types of guys who get to that level early are always convinced that they're like some sort of God-given poker talent or whatever, you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, they never really see the blind. They have too many blind spots. Yeah, I think that has to come with age, too. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. when I was younger playing poker, I was like, no, this is never going to end. Of course, you, you don't be silly. This is going to yeah. go on forever. It's like, yeah, yeah. oh, no, it won't. Yeah. So we'll <laughs> So we only have a few more minutes here left with uh, Ricky. Although Ricky, you have an open invite to uh, to swing by whenever you want to chop it up. But I'd be remiss cool. if I didn't let Brian give you the whistles go woo treatment. Brian, you want to you know put him under fire here about his DFS process? Well, all right. Let, let, let's. Let, I mean, he said he does algorithms, spreadsheets. So do you use Excel? Um, I love it. I'm trying to think. I mean, I, I, I don't even know how I would describe it. I, okay, first of all, I come at this whole angle from a very unsophisticated – like I used to. I came at this from like much more of like a sports bet. Like I'm a sports fan, fantasy football fan. You know, I'm not like a huge techie guy. Like I'm not great at math. I'm not great at programming. Um, but I was I, – I came up so early that I really learned the ins and outs. And I just wanted to say this one thing. I think I'm just being a natural kind of like contrarian type – like person who doesn't like popular things and seeing like the chalk do well. It's like, I never wanted the chalk to do well as like a, a thing. I just naturally became good at this because that's how you win in DFS. Like I, in football, especially, but um, in terms of like my actual process, like it's been very refined over the years. I've gotten, I've hired my own sort of little, like you said, Upwork type people to, you know, create my own modeling and create my own, you know, uh, optimizer. Um, and I run it all through basically just like a Google spreadsheet with a bunch of, you know, scraped sources and, and stats and stuff like that. The uh, optimizer was not your choice. If I recall correctly, didn't, didn't, didn't you have a little snafu with uh, FC Dave? Yeah. FC Dave. I actually, I was like the one, like probably like customer number one of, of S of fantasy cruncher. I really liked their product for a long time, but then it just, there was too many limitations. It was too slow. So I just, I got this guy to make something for me in R, but, um, and then like, yeah, he said some bullshit about me. Like he, he was spreading all these bullshit rumors about me. Do you know Makasupa? 
Yeah, Wiggins. Yeah, yeah. Me and him are, are good buddies. And like he was saying like that we're sharing accounts and he was trying to like expose us to to like because I went to his house once and he had his RIPs together. He's like, these guys are colluding together, and he was telling everyone, I'm like, fuck you. And so then he banned me from his site. I'm like, I don't even use your site. But yeah, that's all that went down. But I still use it optimizer. So so you 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 you've never like worked on a project with somebody? What does you that mean? That? Yeah. Yeah. I have. Oh, you have? Yeah. Like I have, like I basically like have a guy who's like way smarter than me, or sorry, like with tech, with programming to like do all my ideas. <laughs> I mean, like a DFS player. Yeah, I mean, he's like, he's just, a, he's, I mean, not. I mean, he's just a, he's a, he's a math guy. He's like a quant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've sort of leveraged. It's like a partnership, almost in a way, where it's like, is is R your main stats program? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. where Brian's going to pull off the mask, and he's actually yeah. FC Dave right now. <laughs> but actually, yeah, we'll go woo, and like everyone's <laughs> fucking mind blows. I still have a lot of, I still have a lot of like of my old tricks in my system. Like, I, I a lot of my game is still fairly not. I wouldn't call it feel based, but it's not like I don't. I I do a lot. I, I spend a lot of time in my rosters every day, unfortunately. Because I never, I'm never satisfied. I'm like a weird perfectionist that way. So I'm always tweaking random things here and there. Like where you're not fully willing to just surrender to what the math says. Yeah. Cause I used to do that a lot and I just get so frustrated when something either was obvious that I thought was obvious was wrong. Um, or, you know, or just something that the model was telling me to do that. I just, in my gut disagreed. So I started to just stop doing that and it just ended up working well for me. Um, I, I had this thought the other day of like when poker, when the, uh, the GTO bots were coming out playing against humans and stuff, one of the common memes was like, there's a lot of weird plays that the bot is GTO bots doing that we never would have thought of. Yeah. And I think if there was a GTO DFS solution. I don't think that would, it would look like that. Like, like I don't think it's hard as poker and as far away from what we were no. able to do in the 2000s or whatever, or whatever they're doing. I have no idea what they're doing now. Well, what do you what do you think of the general ceiling? I know we're running out of time here, but yeah. what do you think of the general uh, like ceiling of skill? Let's call it in ter- Like I I personally consider poker ten times more advanced than DFS, and I think we're approaching sort of the cap of skill in DFS. There's only so many inputs, you know projection range ownership like it all works together salary but you know at some point you're sort of limited on the on what you can really do with this data i i i couldn't agree more i think i think that's dead on maybe like we're in let's say poker ended in 2011 like we're at like 2009 2010 yeah i i kind of agree i it's definitely something that will always remain popular mostly because the field is so sort of exploitable and with ownership and in big fields, especially, but, and that will always kind of be there, but I don't know the rest of it. It'll just keep going to get chiseled away slowly. How about, I don't, how about this is like a la- uh, last question or one of the last questions. Yep. What, what tip would you give to the young grinder out there? Who looks up to Ricky D and wants to be a Millie winner. Yeah. Um, um, honestly, just keep focusing on edges that, you are sure that no one else or fewer people are thinking about like basically anything out there that's projection based or like something that a tout can tell you in an article, like here's a good, you know, picture tonight, something like that is like the opposite place you want to be looking like 
the edges in DFS are much more based in the margins of like thinking of range of outcomes potentially, or ownership is still a big, is still a big edge depending on the sport, but really try to fine tune your process in edges that aren't or correlations, like those sorts of things, even though all that that's kind of getting washed away. Um, it just continue to focus on edges that you're not really hearing too much about. I know that's yeah. kind of hard to do if you don't I know what you're going to say. Um, bash your head against the wall till you get CTE. Yeah, I mean that's that might help. I mean, and and that's like what you're describing is is so much of why like tout service day in business is because people either want their hand held or they want the confirmation bias of oh my idea is good he said it was also good but that means the edge is gone so you have yeah. to be able to go out on a limb and be like i think this writer has data to show there's an edge here no one else might be talking about it but i'm going to go out on that plank by myself yeah it's a scary place to be and but i will say wholeheartedly that my entire anytime in, i've had a successful moment in dfs is because of some you know, something that is unique, put it that way. Yep. Yeah. yep. Uh, one more here from uh, our friend Travis Petty uh, on the same up-and-comer angle. Mm -hmm. Any any players you're keeping an eye on here? You know, it's weird. In, 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 every year there seems to be a new hot baseball player. Yeah. And this year, for whatever reason, it's Ahambro. Um, I don't know where he, I don't know where he, he, he is just destroying it. But I, as far as I can, yeah, as far as I can tell, he's never really been a high-stakes guy before. So, I mean, I'm, you know, I've got the, I've got the periscope out. I'm watching everything he's doing. I'm trying to figure out what's going on with him. And, um, he did a stream know. with, um, blender. blender. Yeah. Yeah. A couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure, like a lot of times when these guys go on, like, I'm not sure if they're sandbagging or, or what, but I, I wasn't like, like, holy shit, he's doing something crazy. You know, <laughs> right. so, you know, it might just be another hot run. It might just be, you know, Jesus figured it out to a mainline level. I don't know, but he's probably well, the one I've been most all impressed All due respect, uh, he's definitely running hot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not good, not a winner, not one of the best, and that's it. He's definitely yeah. fucking running hot. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it would be a show without Brian finding a way to cut a DFS player down. I like guys. him. I like him. We are friends, <laughs> and friends on Twitter. It's just yeah, yeah. a fucking fig. I've been gambling yeah. most of my fucking adult life. I know a heater when I see one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Ricky, I know you're you're not much of a uh, of a plug guy, but uh, anything you want to shout out here as we wind down? No, just shout out outdoors and 2020. <laughs> uh, you know the roaring twenties. We got to get back out, living life. You know, fight the fight the uh, the temptation to get on your phone and and, and gamble more. We you know, the best thing the, the best thing that ever happened to us was that crypto crash. We can kind of get back to our lives. We need to talk <laughs> about that. I think if you ever come back, that should definitely be. Maybe we should try to think of some things that DFS bros should do outside of our normal crypto, NFT, blah, blah, yeah. blah, gambling I stuff. I want to start like a little crypto bro retreat, like somewhere we all get together. It's like a little, you know, kumbaya circle. We tell our bad beat stories and uh, <laughs> we figure out what to do with our life. I can already see the photo I'm going to take of you teaching Osimo how to knit. It's just going to be <laughs> a, an all-time photo. Uh, well, thank you, Ricky, for uh, coming on. It was a uh, it was a blast to talk to you. You uh, you're welcome to swing by. Maybe we'll get like we've done some of those MMA live hangs before. Maybe we get the robot Osimo and and you back, and we can we can hash it out. Sounds good, man. I'll definitely be back. Thanks All right, guys, we're here guys. every Wednesday. Audio up on the podcast feed after. Thank you to Ricky for Brian. I'm Pete. We'll see you guys next week.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.